I'm so excited to welcome you here to this edition of the Clark Howard Podcast, where I'm getting you back to basics and how you take charge of your life, how you take control of that wallet of yours. And I want to emphasize, and you'll hear me say this repeatedly, that there is no one route to you lowering financial anxiety in your life, to creating financial independence in your life. There are many ways to do it. You know, there was uh, uh, the peak year of talk about the FIRE movement was 2019. It seemed to have faded a lot after 2019, but the concepts of it, which is financial independence, retire early, are really key. And one thing you'll see is that became a thing back in 19 what was clear is more and more people who supposedly were retired but were doing podcasts and doing blogs and doing websites about how they created their financial independence which means they were still working which is fine but they're doing what they want to do is it was clear there was no one path to you creating financial space in your life there are many And so I don't want you to think that there's this one formula I've got to do. But there are things you can do that will lower that anxiety in your life. And one of them is to attack your monthlies. What that means is that we are hurt much more today by ongoing monthly expenses than people used to be and the reason is there are so many things now that we subscribe to instead of owning i think about uh this if you're under age 40 i'm going to be talking about stuff that sounds like uh aliens landed somewhere but if you're into music Today, you stream music. You listen to uh, Spotify or Apple Music or Pandora or whatever music service you listen to. You may be listening to a free service with ads. You may be listening to something that you're paying a monthly subscription to. But think about the difference, since most people actually pay for a music service each month, versus what it was long long ago and far far away when people would listen to a record now you've probably seen a record in if you watch an old movie there were these things that spun around with a needle that played what was on there and i know it's prehistoric times i'm referring to but that's what people used to and when you were short of money and there was a new album from your favorite a singer or band you had to wait till you had the money to buy it you know we consume things when we had the money today so many things that we purchased when we could afford them we sign up for a subscription that goes on and on and on and those on and on and ons can really eat up our finances So you pay for a music service. You pay for a TV streaming service. Actually, the average person pays for several streaming services. 
They may have Hulu or Netflix or they may have YouTube TV or who knows what. Cell phone plans, uh, internet service, the fitness center, as I call them the fatness centers, because we plan to get thinner, but we don't, so I call them fatness centers. But the subscription life that leads to what sometimes is referred to as subscription creep can really decimate how much money we have to live on every month. So there are a couple of things to think about in this area. One is look through if you have them debited from your checking account or charged to a credit card. Actually look through your statements. And by the way, Bulletin, every bank, every credit card company, everybody's trying to get you to get digital statements instead of printed statements. You know why? Because most people never look at them when they're digital. They never open up the file. They never open up the email. They never sign in the service and look where their money's going. I want you to do that. And see what you're subscribed to, like some kind of gift box service. That you haven't found anything in a monthly gift box you liked since you can't remember when and you're still paying $10 a month or the cupcake of the month subscription, or whatever it is you have. Krista? I wanted to say, I just did an audit of our Amazon account, because we have Prime, and we get, you know, I just see on the credit cards, Amazon, Amazon. I went in, and there's a subscription thing within there, and I didn't realize we were subscribed to, like, another, like, a, a paid TV channel in there, and the Audible service, which we didn't need the monthly. We had, like, the highest subscription, because we must have done a trial on it at some point. So, like, that's something you can look at, too, because you might not see it broken out on your credit card. What is that company you talked about? Amma what? Amazon. We are all in on Amazon. See, we're not at all. In fact, we have um, Amazon Prime because there are several shows that members of the family really like streaming. But as far as using Amazon as a place to buy stuff, we buy very, very little from Amazon because it's become so much more expensive than other places to buy things as Amazon's gotten market share, especially over the last year, and they really are a convenience service more than they are a price service. If nothing else, even if you continue like Krista does to subscribe to Amazon Prime and pay them 119 a year, is that what it is, or 129 I'm still working for you. I don't even know. So the thing is, when you go to buy something, instead of just click to purchase, comparison shop, I'm finding repeatedly that when I shop around, things are at least 25% cheaper other places than they are on Amazon. There are times that Amazon does offer deals on the most commonly purchased items. Amazon is very price competitive. But when you get outside of that small number of items, Amazon can be a very expensive convenience. So you gave a whole different example that you were subscribing to things within your Amazon that you didn't really think about. But the, the Amazon membership is something in itself that can end up costing you money because it's so easy. You order and a couple of days later the stuff shows up and they've been much more reliable than FedEx, UPS, and the Postal Service through the pandemic 
Amazon's done a better job scaling up to have reliable delivery where the others have not. And so it lures you in and you pay more for that convenience. But anyway, I digress because the big thing is to look through all these subscriptions. What do you have you shouldn't have? And of the ones you do have, almost always there's something much better or cheaper than what you have right now. I think about what people click on so much at Clark.com. They love our guides to streaming service and cell phone plans and things like that because nobody really understands why they're paying what they're paying and is there a better choice out there. So if you attack your monthlies, do you know it's not hard for a typical middle-income earner to be able to reduce their monthlies by four figures a year, easily well past $1,000 a year, you can save simply by going through your monthlies. So if you will do that, you will bring about a big change in your life. You then have money freed up so that you're not hurting so much financially. Or you have money freed up so you can start building a rainy day savings account. Or you have money available to open or add to a Roth IRA. Simply by not deleting things from your life that you're using, but deleting things from your life you're not using, and the ones you are using reducing their cost, you can make a huge difference in your life. And we have a question about saving money in any of these areas. Yes, actually, William uh, in Georgia wrote in and said, I'm trying to find a good legal internet TV service for my parents. A coworker says he has over 100 channels and uses a fire stick for $15 a month. I want to find something that has sports and the Hallmark channel for a reasonable price. Can you help me? So this is this is a tough area. There are a lot of pirate TV services that are criminal enterprises that offer these phenomenal deals on monthly streaming. And as much as I love a deal, I don't like to steal. So somebody who says for $15 a month, you're going to get a zillion channels and all the sports, that's going to be a pirate. And if you look online there, well, I don't want to encourage you to do this, but online you'll find people selling devices like uh, Fire Sticks and other uh, streaming devices that have been pirated, that have been worked on so that they can pick up these illegal services. And this is something that is a criminal enterprise and I recommend you stay away from. On our streaming guide we have at Clark.com, there are a huge number of streaming services that are free, that are ad-supported, that can provide massive amounts of content at no monthly cost. And then for many of the channels you'd like, Philo is often the cheapest at 20 a month, but if sports are important, look at what's offered by Sling. Uh, Sling is a service of um, Dish Network, the parent company of Dish Network, and offers a very decent series of price points, typically $30 or so for monthly streaming, including sports. I hope you're enjoying our podcast. We've got more for you straight ahead. 
Glad to have you back on our podcast. And I got to tell you something. We are going to devote an uh, uh, edition of our podcast to Krista's Confessions. Because Joel (laughs) and I just heard a money-wasting confession from you, Krista. And wow. Uh, Let's first talk about what you found when you went through the Amazon Prime bills you were getting billed and you were being billed for a service that was available to you elsewhere for free yeah i realized that um we were paying for hbo through amazon that we'd done a free trial and then kept it and we get it for free through our internet provider now because of the level of service we have so <laughs> i mean i found other stuff too but that was i mentioned the audible that we didn't realize we were subscribed to and so Amazon sounds like it's a real sinkhole in your life. It's a real money pit in your life. You know, you can look, you can do the uh, a run a report on how much you've spent, and it's frightening over the years. Well, maybe that's your New Year's resolution is to get that wasted money that you're spending on Amazon under control. It is. It is. I'm. That is a great resolution, and all of our little monthlies, like you're saying, add up. All right. Well, I've got one that can be a daily as well that I want to mention because we never talk about it and that's how much money people are spending on home delivery of meals groceries whatever and uh, this is something i go through a debate with my wife about is i'm a big fan of curbside pickup that curbside pickup is a very safe way for those of us like me that are in the whole coronavirus quarantine thing And so curbside pickup, you go and you pick up your food, you pick up your groceries, whatever, in a very safe way to do so. And it saves money because every time you do the delivery, you got a problem and it's going to cost you money. And a lot of times you get uh, fresh food delivered. By the time it gets to you, it is cold. There's a, a local taco place that Krista and I both really like, and I always do pick up there and they have a thing where you go in and they have a section that's just inside the door so i'm violating curbside Uh oh but anyway you have to go just inside and they have three shelves for these various food delivery services and then they have one shelf for cheapos like me that come and pick up well my food is going to be piping hot the stuff that's from the delivery services, it can sit and sit and sit before the person ever gets there to grab it for the food delivery service. You don't know how many addresses they're delivering to. By the time the food gets to you, I like my hot food hot and my beverage is cold. And by the time that delivery that you get, that you paid for, gets to you, the hot's not hot and the cold is not cold anymore. So save that money. Go do your pickup, and you should be able to keep your wallet safe and you safe at the same time. And Joel, you have a question for me. Yeah, Clark. Mary in Oklahoma wants to know about her budget. She says, how do I set up a budget if my hours at work are always different? I don't make the same amount every week, so that makes it hard for me. You bring up an absolutely great point. There are tens of millions of Americans that work irregular schedules now either working for somebody or working independently for yourself. It is the hardest task to budget. Virtually impossible, to tell you the truth, to come up with a real budget when you're 
paycheck is irregular, your work hours are irregular. So I don't have a way for you to uh, put your finances into a simple box or chart like people could do that have a steady paycheck. In your case, you don't have an easy, simple answer. So the only thing I can recommend when you have irregular hours and pay is that when you do get paid, you save more of that money than other people would into a savings account because you're going to have lean weeks and weeks that you have good money coming in. You need to have a rainy day account because in your life with an irregular schedule, rain comes all the time. And that's why for you, budgeting is not as important as it is when you do have money coming in. You need to set a meaningful part of that aside. Probably 10 cents on every dollar would be a good place for you to think about so that during those weeks there is no money coming in of note. You've got that money you put aside in a good paycheck week for you to deal with expenses. Krista? Julian Maine wants to know, she says the, the NRA offers $5,000 in no-cost accidental death insurance protection. Is this worth doing? Well, if it's no cost and you like being a member of the NRA, yeah, but you should know with any of these things from membership organizations like the NRA or any other, where they say, hey, as part of being a member, you get this kind of coverage or that kind of coverage. you got to see the limitations on when it's valid and when it's actually in place. It's a lot less than meets the eye. Typically, uh, do you know, Krista, in the case of the NRA coverage, are there limitations like I'm talking about? Uh, yes. Um, on their website, it says the annual members will receive a $5,000 of accidental death and dismemberment coverage at no cost. The plan covers accidents at or to and from an NRA event and accidents that occur during the use of firearms or hunting equipment while hunting. Insurance must be activated at time of renewal. Okay, so this is very, very limited coverage that makes it seem like you're getting something really, really valuable with your NRA membership that really isn't valuable. And this is true so often with any of these kind of throw-ins with a membership involving any kind of, uh, and almost any time you see an accidental insurance policy, the limits are so extreme to make it essentially worthless to you. Joel? Clark Alex in Washington says, I'm planning on buying a new car in two years. Would you recommend uh, me getting a gas-powered or an electric car? Asking me that question is not a fair question because Krista, Joel, and I all have been owners of electric vehicles. And once you've driven electric, it's hard to go back. Um, I had a rental vehicle recently and... When I got back to my electric vehicle, it was like, oh, man, I didn't realize how much I'd missed you. I mean, this is, this is really something that electric vehicles you can look at from the financial side, which is getting more and more compelling. But the bigger news is they're just fun. And 
Krista, you have never cared about cars. You're obsessed with your Tesla Model Y. I I love it. I love it. I'm, I need to use more of the automated speed control, though. <laughs> oh, did you get a ticket? No, but I'm afraid I will. Yeah, because one of the things with electrics, they're lightning fast and potentially dangerous. I've found that Tesla Model 3 drivers are becoming the new beeps on the road. <laughs> they're becoming the new terrible, terrible people and how they're uh, aggressive on the road. So electric vehicles by probably 23 or 24 are going to be cheaper to buy than gas engine vehicles. And they're so much cheaper to own because they require virtually no maintenance. And the batteries in the vehicle soon will be so robust that they'll last, I know this is an odd number, but they'll last a million or more miles. So if I was looking at a vehicle two years down the road, I mean, I'm so biased in this area. I would say with there's no gray that electric would be where you want to go unless you live in an extremely rural area and drive exceedingly long distances. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. And if you have questions for me, go to clark.com slash ask. And if you want to subscribe to our podcast, that's really easy. You don't understand a lot about podcasts. Go to clark.com slash podcast, and we'll walk you through it. And to help you fatten your wallet each and every day, check out clark.com. And for the best deals out there, check out Clark Deals.